now, time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erner Berry, Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. This episode of Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the Spring 2022 issue of Erner Berry's Reporter Magazine. This issue is a must-read for the seafood industry as it features the special State of the Seafood Industry Annual Review. Plus, find stories on the lobster market seeing a shift in consumer demand, shifting food service trends, and much more. Thanks, Lauren, and welcome back from Boston. Tell me all about Seafood Expo North America and how much you missed my presence there. I did. (laughs) I I swear I kept saying, I wish Amanda was here. I I went into it with very low expectations. You know, we knew there was going to be, you know, reduced exhibitors and, and registrants and everything. But... Honestly, it was my favorite Boston. You're not the first person to tell me that. Really? Yeah. It was It was great. They, but they said it was because I wasn't there, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it out loud. But, no, Diversified did a great job. Um, they added some new amenities. They put coffee stations and food stations Ooh. out, like, you know, within the uh, the rows of, of booths. Yeah, you used to have, like, hike outside for it, like, right. go around. the Yeah, that was a that There was, was like, a hot lot. food in the middle which I I found like on the last day Um, they had little areas where you could sit and you know charge up your stuff or uh, you know meet with your contacts if you didn't have space in your booth so um, it was it was really great there was much more access to the people that were there because Mm -hmm. they weren't you know because there weren't so many people to to talk to. Do you think it was a um, lot of uh, last minute attendees too? Because I know the the mask mandate being lifted was a big deal for people. I know a lot of people said previously that you know they're like I can't be on the show floor for eight hours. With exactly. Mask on. Yeah, I think that definitely helped. And then you definitely saw people that you um, that you heard weren't going to exhibit mm-hmm. come back in last minute because there were some booth space that were literally just assigned <laughs> and they had like two chairs in this like massive like you know. 30 by 10 foot space that's so fun um but yeah everyone that i talked to so far said said it was great it was it seemed like you know better quality and mm-hmm. um it was it was great and i think it also was my first show where i went in and i i had a lot of contacts that i was comfortable with that i've had mm-hmm. relationships with for so long so yes lauren um, you're so popular we no all get it. <laughs> but i mean like the first two shows i was still new yeah and not as confident and now it's like oh, I'm finally at a point where I have some friends in this industry and it was great to catch up with them and meet them. And so it was a really good show for me. I I really feel like I missed out now, but it it is nice to hear that the event was a success and um, and hopefully this does mark a return to normalcy for us or as normal as it can get because, I mean, with everything going on with Russia and Ukraine, it just feels like one thing after another. Yeah. <laughs> one major thing after yep. another. Because the the executive order for, you know, Russian seafood went into effect, what was like it? A couple days before. The was 11th, it, it was the 11th. Was it Friday or Saturday? Friday. Either way. Mm-hmm. But we went into the show with that yep. being brand new. And so I was just running around, like, trying to get to all my contacts. And everyone that I spoke to was, you know, on the same level. They're like, we're digesting it. Yeah. You know, it's there's a lot of gray area. So, it you know, the, the show started off with a huge buzz because yeah. of that. I think it's funny. That I think this is really 
great um, Ryan Doyle, our, uh, our seafood news staff writer. He was at the show, and he talked to Pacific Seafood's national account manager for North American sales, Randall Ferris. And, um, you know, they were talking about just everything going on and between COVID-19 and all the supply chain disruptions and then Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You know, Ferris joked with Ryan that, you know, the joke that went around the Pacific Seafood office was, you know, what's next, aliens? <laughs> you know? And Don't it, put it out there. <laughs> it is out there. <laughs> so, and I, but we were talking about this in the office, about, like, a meteor hitting Earth and, like, wiping everything out. Because, like, you know, like, what is, right, what could possibly, level <laughs> what could possibly be next? <laughs> yeah, but I, it's just funny that, like, everyone has, like, the same frame of mind. Like, you know, what right. what could possibly, like, you know, like, right. nobody was expecting that, like, you know, COVID. Nobody was expecting Russia to invade Ukraine, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, it's just one thing after another. But if you haven't done so already, check out Ryan Doyle's Boston Seafood Show coverage. Um, just search for the tag Seafood Expo North America, and you can find his feature article on Pacific Seafood um, and how they pushed through the pandemic era. And then there's also stories on seafood execs discussing the return of face-to-face meetings, the Russia-Ukraine crisis, and more. Yeah, so speaking of Ukraine, the U.S. government released some additional information following Biden's announcement regarding the bans on Russian seafood. The U.S. Department of the Treasury has a list of harmonized tariff schedule of the United States subheadings that are being impacted. So you can find that list on seafoodnews.com. And plus, the Department of Treasury tries to clarify if seafood from Russia that has been processed in China is part of the ban. And basically, it is up for interpretation. <laughs> what do you think it means? What do yeah. you think it means? No, what do you <laughs> think it means? <laughs> so, Which is insane. It's just causing headaches everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I, I got a call the other day, and you know, I was trying my best to. Cause that, that's you know what we're trying to do at CFN News. We're trying to provide all the up to date information, but they're just it's just unclear. I mean, the the Treasury is defining Russian Federation origin as goods produced, manufactured, or processed in the Russian Federation. A fishery product with an origin from the Russian Federation is excluded if it has been incorporated or substantially transformed into a foreign-made product. So, Undercurrent is reporting that the National Fisheries Institute sent out a letter to its members saying that they believe the interpretation is that Russian fish processed in China becomes a product of China. Right, and they have to use that language very carefully. We believe. It's not confirmed yet. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they also made a note that that's, yeah, not legal advice. Um, And on the other side, Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan is saying that Russian products sent to China for processing is subject to the blockade. So basically, the only advice is to tread carefully because a lot is up in the air. Yeah. So we're, we're doing our best to, to keep up with it. And, you know, if we find out more information. And we're in good company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, will, we will definitely keep everyone updated. Um, but one thing that is certain is that the import ban will go into effect on March 25th, 2022. So save that date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you have your daily planner out and are in the shrimp industry, also save the date for the first ever Global Shrimp Forum taking place in the Netherlands September 6th through the 18th. 8th. I don't know where you're coming up with your numbers from. I would like it to be longer, but it's only for the 8th. I'm trying to extend my Six stay. Six to the 18th. There is a month-long <laughs> global seafood forum. I'm excited for you guys now that Boston's done. Let's <laughs> to clarify, it is a 6th through the 8th. <laughs> the Global Shrimp Forum is being initiated by an independent, non-for-profit foundation set up by the Aquaculture Stewardship Council, Shrimp Insights, and Contango. With global warm water shrimp production doubling over the last 10 years, the founders of the forum decided it was time for the industry to have its own meeting place 
bring together its leading players from across the entire supply chain. The forum will cover topics such as production, supply chains and markets, as well as legal and regulatory changes and new and upcoming producers and niche products. In other news, the Biden-Harris administration is taking action to improve the supply chain and launching an initiative to speed up delivery times and reduce consumer costs. Port congestion and delays has been a hot topic for those in and outside of the food sector. In an effort to rid the supply chain of these vulnerabilities and congestion, the Biden-Harris administration is launching Freight Logistics Optimization Works, or FLOW. FLOW. So FLOW (laughs) is an information sharing initiative to pilot key freight information exchange between parts of the goods movement supply chain. Um, 18 participants from across the supply chain, including private businesses, warehousing, logistic companies, ports, and more, will all be part of the initial flow. Uh, According to a White House briefing, these stakeholders will work with the administration to develop a proof-of-concept information exchange to ease supply chain congestion, speed up the movement of goods, and ultimately cut costs for American consumers, which I think we can all get on board with. Yes, we can. Um, The goal is for the initial phase to produce a proof-of-concept freight information exchange by the end of the summer. So partners in the initial phase include the Port of Long Beach, uh, the Port of Los Angeles, FedEx, UPS, uh, Target, which just continually takes all my money, (laughs) and Albertsons, among others. So moving on over to Canada, Canadian Minister of Fisheries and Oceans, Joyce Murray, put an end to a four and a half year review of the Atlantic surf clam fishery with a decision to drop their pursuit of a fourth license holder in the fishery. The decision effectively announced the government's success at increasing indigenous access to a historical fishery that included the sale of Clearwater Seafoods to a partnership between premium brands of British Columbia and a coalition of Mi'kmaq First Nations last year. Murray said in a statement that the government of Canada is committed to advancing sustainable and collaborative fisheries arrangements with indigenous and non-indigenous fish harvesters. She continued that she's pleased with the purchase of Clearwater that has uh, increased indigenous participation in the fishery and sees the benefits of the Arctic uh, surf clam fishery flowing to indigenous communities. It's important, she said, that we continue to focus on a fishery that benefits indigenous communities with good jobs across Atlantic Canada while we work to advance reconciliation. Ian Smith, the CEO of Clearwater Seafoods, said in a statement that he welcomes the decision on behalf of the 450 employees working in the clam business. It provides certainty for the livelihood of fishers and plant workers, as well as recognizing Clearwater's Mi'kmaq ownership and the landmark agreement. That's such great news. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and now for our final stories, we've got fun tuna news and fake tuna news. Starting with the fun, right? I mean, they're both fun. Okay. But which one's one's real tuna, one's fake tuna? All right. Fun, real tuna. <laughs> Bumblebee Seafoods is launching a brand new campaign that was developed with their advertising agency of record, The Many. This new campaign is a follow-up to Bumblebee's successful 2020 advertising campaign called Yes, Bumblebee. Which was the <laughs> company? <laughs> that's, 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 how I would, that's how I would have said yes, it. Yes, exclamation point. Bumblebee, that's, exclamation point. That, no, you said it right. Th- I mean, that's okay. how I took it. Right. You know, and it is very exciting. So <laughs> which, <are> you- <laughs> which was the company's first major ad campaign in four years? In the 2021 calendar year, the company saw a 14.3 point increase in brand awareness, a 4.4 point increase in brand consideration, and their latest campaign is called Good For You, and it's designed to recruit the next generation of tuna lovers by dispelling category perceptions and inspiring new usage ideas. Good for you. Good for you. 
<laughs> no, I love it. You know, and I think it's I think it's pretty easy to get into a rut, you know, with food. You know, like we're we cook I don't know about you, but I cook the same thing over and over again. I just like yes. I'm not creative. I once I like look at a product like broccoli, for instance. Yeah. I mean we could be talking about seafood, but I'm gonna talk about broccoli here. <laughs> I just throw it in the oven and I just yeah, roast, roast it. it. I just roast it with Yeah, but like I'm bored of it. You know, and I think it's the same thing with tuna. Like my husband, he mm. loves pouch tuna, but all he does is make tuna salad with it, and then he complains that he eats the same thing for lunch every day. You know when I saw somebody, they put tuna on pasta and like something else, and I was like, I hate that you don't read the scripts before I give them to you because I talk, <laughs> <laughs> because I talk about this. <laughs> Okay, so I just want our, reader, our readers, alert. I want our <laughs> listeners to know is that a lot of this is like, you know, ad lib. Like, we just we just bounce off each other. But I do have a script to go off of, and Lauren never looks at it. And I just feel like my time is not appreciated. <laughs> I put a lot of work into this. Okay, keep going. Even if you're Let me Let me tell you, I don't know if you watched Bumblebee's Good For You 30 Second Ad yet, Lauren. <laughs> but they have a pasta dish in there, and it looks mouth-watering, okay? Well, maybe this influencer that I saw on Instagram is working with them because <laughs> I got it off of her. <laughs> All right, well, did she use bucatini? No. That's my favorite pasta. I just want you to know that. It is a very good All pasta. All right, I like I like fresh bucatini, personally. Okay, but anyway, so I think I went on their website because, like I said, this... Where this, are you getting fresh bucatini? Like, from a, a place? From a bucatini place. Okay. <laughs> Um, but the 30-second the, the ad, look it up online. It's okay. their good-for-you ad. And in the, the first up person up makes a, I, th- I think it is, the lemon and pepper tuna bucatini. So you can actually find the recipe on Bumblebee's website. And the prep time is 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah. How can you go wrong with that? And it's kid-friendly. Yeah. I mean, it's and it looks all And it's pretty basic ingredients. I mean, I, I have capers in my fridge. I don't know if I you do. I do too. Okay, so pretty basic then. I so, don't have heavy cream. I would probably take that out anyway. Okay, but yeah, bucatini or spaghetti if, you know, you're using something in a pinch, uh, garlic cloves, Got bumble- it. bumblebees, lemon and pepper, seasoned tuna, and then, yeah, the capers, heavy cream, lemon juice, parmesan cheese, and then your basic seasonings, you know, that olive oil, delicious. salt, pepper. Yeah, and it's 15 minutes. Like, that's an easy dinner. Yeah. Like, you get home, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to cook tonight. Boom. Bucatini, bumblebees, lemon and pepper, seasoned Boom. tuna. I'm, I'm into it. I am eyeing up the tuna melt quesadilla. Are you? Because now we all know (laughs) that. (laughs) So you make your normal tuna salad, assemble your quesadilla, and add the tuna mixture in with some mashed avocados. Yum. This is not sponsored or brought to you by Bumblebee Tuna. It could be, though. It could be. So go to bumblebee.com slash recipes to find more ideas and keep an eye out for the campaign, which will be featured across TV, digital, video, social and here on Seafood News. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, in fake tuna news, Gathered Foods, the company behind Good Catch, the plant-based seafood brand, is expanding their distribution through Sprouts Farmer's Market. So Good Catch's plant-based tuna can now be found nationwide in Sprouts Farmer's Markets, and this is after the brand found success in Sprouts stores with their plant-based breaded fish sticks, plant-based fish fillets, and plant-based breaded crab cakes, which I had their crab cakes in. We talked about this. They're... it tastes like crab, but with a different consistency. That's it's awesome. cool. It's very cool. Yes, very cool to see these new products reaching more and more people. Um, before we go, yeah. I wanted to add two more things about the Boston conversation. One. <laughs> circle back to the beginning. <laughs> circle back. 
15 um, minutes later, Lauren. <laughs> well, I just thought of it. I was excited okay. before, and I forgot. Um, I was approached by somebody, I'm not going to name names, and they were like, Amanda, great to see you. Oh, and I was Lauren. like, no, I'm the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so people were looking for you. I had somebody oh. else up at the booth ask where you were. And that makes me so happy. But my highlight so far was... One of my contacts was pushing me. He's like, there's Joe Bundrant. Go over there and introduce yourself. I was like, no way. Like, he's not going to want to talk to me. He's like, go. And he pushed me. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Today's so I day. went over there, and I interrupted him as he was speaking to somebody. And <laughs> I introduced myself. And he was like, oh, you're from the videos. And I was like, oh, my God. What videos? <laughs> the seafood ones, Amanda. <laughs> How we are you? seafood superstars. Whether, don't be googling my name or anything. Whether you're not you, gonna find anything. I don't. I, I'm assuming everyone loves to to watch and listen to us. Not like loves to hate. You know, like you know, like sometimes you have TV shows. You're like, I love to hate this person. Maybe we maybe we have some haters. I, I think we have mainly if lovers. We'll take them. I think it's mainly lovers I out think there. So too. You know, we love the industry. We love talking about the industry. So put that in the the headline of our podcast because that'll get more traction. What fish lovers? Trident CEO loves. <laughs> loves. <laughs> All right, front page tomorrow. You heard it here first. <laughs> Everyone loves Lauren Gazzaniglione. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fun one, guys. I mean, well, I enjoy doing with with Ryan, but it's it's always very straightforward. And yes. You, you he's, derail he's me every. Business, you derail I... me every time. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So as you guys all know and learned today, this podcast is scripted and Lauren does not read it. <laughs> so. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Check out seafoodnews.com for all the latest on Russia and Ukraine. And we'll be back here next week. Bye-bye.